0: Welcome to the Shackles are off podcast. Now, we've had a little bit of a break and we will be taking a bit of a proper break soon, but not without a couple of belting episodes to bring you just to round off a bit of a winter series. We've got a busy schedule of cricket coming up. Well, not me and you, Chris, particularly. We're more thinking about our resident professional Brooksy because the champo season is starting actually on the day that we record this intro for this podcast. Brooksy with a bit of chest beating. Love it. Love it. And um, but before we talk about all that, we want to get into a bit of correspondence, lads, don't we? And we love correspondence on this podcast. So we're gonna start off just by reading um a letter. Did you get this as an email through Chris?
1: We did, yes. Thank you to we've had quite a few emails this this week about the podcast. So thank you for all of that correspondence, but Greggy, I'll let you do the honours of read this absolute belter of a story, out.
0: It is a belter. It is a belter. Right, Okay. Dear Greggy Millard and Brooksy, I grew up playing with your Roses' tonne-scoring co-host, Jack Brooks, a.k.a. Subo, a.k.a. Ferret, at a village cricket club called Tiddington, which is usefully positioned near the Oxford services on the M40. During the late 2000s, the club had a pretty prolific partying culture that would often see us playing league cricket on a Saturday, drinking heavily the night before, playing in a friendly match on the Sunday to complete the weekend. Sounds brilliant. One particular weekend, things got a little heavier after a win on the Saturday, and a handful of players, myself included, were still going strong at 6 a.m. Now that makes me feel slightly Class. ill. On the Sunday morning, before crashing for a few hours on the sofas in the clubhouse. This particular Sunday, we had a jazz hat game against a touring side called the Heartaches, who were captained by Sir Tim Rice and also had England legend Mike Gatting as their ringer. We won the toss and battered, which gave us a few of us the opportunity to negate the impending hangover by getting back on the source. That's not the best idea. And actually, the fellow who sends this letter says that that he it wasn't a good idea at all. The strong batting performance <laughs> meant that I was not required to bat, which gave me perfect and ample opportunity to be well positioned at the front of the queue for tea. A superb spread by the famous soup Pierce. Brooksy, that'll probably mean more to you than me. As is tradition, the opposition would help themselves first, and I found myself following Mike Gatting around the table, paper plate in hand. This is already a good story, already a good story. I had spotted my favourite cake from as far as we were circling, Battenberg, the king of marzipan-based
1: snacks.
0: (laughs) It turned out that Battenberg was in short supply today and only a few slices remained as myself and Mike approached. He's now on first terms with Mike Gatting. (laughs) Um, I hadn't verbally made my love of Battenberg known to Mr Gatting, That's better. Which was probably why he proceeded to scoop up the last three slices for himself which left me staring in despair at an empty plate. I made my displeasure at Gatting's gluttony known to my teammates as we sat down to eat.
1: Love
0: that. Fast forward an hour or so, and I find myself ball in hand, staring at this particular Ashes-winning captain from 22 yards away. My first delivery was a floaty half-tracker, which Mike sumptuously stroked off the back foot for four. It really was a classy shot. I'm sure that means a lot to him as well, that compliment. I lumbered back to my mark, half-cut, And hold myself in front of the delivery. The ball left my hand a little higher than usual. And much to everyone's dismay, struck Michael Gatting flush in the chest, causing a shuddering yelp before he took a knee and regained his breath. I duly apologised and bought him a pint after the game. But to this day, I'm still asked regularly whether I intentionally beamed an Ashes-winning captain for eating too much Battenberg or whether it was just a horrible mistake. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yours in cricket... Patrick. (laughs) That's outstanding. Outstanding. Brooksy were you aware of this particular tale before it got told on this podcast? Oh yeah yeah mate it's um,
2: a big story down at TCC. (laughs) um, His his nickname's a rhino actually he doesn't play there anymore because he plays for a team more local to where he lives now but He's still a big part of the social scene, I think, and yeah, he's nicknamed Rhino because he's so, sounds like a
1: social beast, Brooksy. <laughs> <Honestly.
2: laughs> sounds like some club yeah. to be a part of, by the way. Do me, yeah. Well, I went through a phase of being tilling some techno club rather than a great club, I think. So,
1: <laughs> were you were you part of the setup at that time?
2: No, mate. I was uh, purely professional from afar, wasn't I? Oh, uh, good. That's nice to hear. But nice. um, yeah would go back now and again for a, a quiet social. But I certainly wouldn't
0: be there till the hours they would. Yeah. Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. Well um, that, <laughs> um, Love it. Thanks so much for that correspondence. We've read a bit more in Chris, actually, haven't we? Because um, yeah. we love correspondence. We should do more of this. Stuff like that is absolutely gold, though. So it takes some beating. So hopefully it's not put too many
1: people off. But Chris... Shall we I ask people for their best stories? During this little break we're going to go on, Should we ask them for their best Celebrity cricketing moments, stories, and we'll read them out on the podcast. and we'll, Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll rally the troops, get some funny stories in, and we'll we'll decide a winner at the end of the campaign.
0: Yeah, all over it.
1: I'm all Love over it. it. Love it. We have had some more correspondence thanks to Hilly from Northants for the message about the podcast, his well wishes as well. Thank you very much, mate, and Alex Gart as well regularly messages me after a podcast goes out just telling me how much he loved the show. So we love that. We love to hear people getting in touch and telling us how much they're enjoying what we do. It keeps us charged up to do many more.
2: Yeah. Elise, a top boy, by the way. He does a lot for uh, disability cricket in Northampton.
0: Brilliant. Top man. Top man. Love it. And talking of Northamptonshire and lots of other counties as well. Today marks the start of the county championship season as we record this and put that out. Do you like that little segue? What a
1: segue,
2: that
0: was That's what I get. It's as if you're a professional. Every now and then, this little bit of professionalism sneaks through, doesn't it? Yeah, he's getting better, in not he, Brooksie? He's getting better. Thanks. Thanks so much. The feedback means a lot. Um for God's sake. You, you, you like to suppress my radio presenting abilities on this show. It's, uh, you know... I, I, I don't I don't like it anyway you've ruined the segue now you've ruined it <laughs> for God's <Thanks>. sake um <laughs> as we record it it's the day it's the first day of the champion, championship season Brooksy, you've already been in action though you, you you had to have a long bath last night because you've been playing a bit of twos you're on the road to recovery you're not far off playing a bit of champo stuff for Somerset you've had obviously a really difficult winter coming back rehabbing and all that. Um, which is documented, by the way, on the Barmy Army YouTube channel in fantastic fashion. Um, Some brilliant quotes on there. Do go to the Barmy Army YouTube channel and uh, check what a day in the life of Jack Brooks is like. It's slightly watered down as well, I suspect. But yeah, Brooks, you've had a couple of days in the... the...
2: Imagine being me for a day. It'd be great, wouldn't it?
0: Well, you can get an insight into it if you go to the Barmy Army YouTube channel. What else can you ask for? Brooksy, um, you um, you have been playing some second-team cricket, though, and you've had a couple of long days in the dirt. How was it? I mean, it's got to be good to be back, even if you are aching slightly.
2: Yes, mate. It's, um, it's been a long winter, but it's all led up to sort of trying to get back into the first team and play championship cricket again. Um, this Lords game this week come probably a week or two too soon, unfortunately. Um, not through lack of effort or anything, it's just my body isn't quite ready with bowling workloads more than anything, just haven't really played um, so I'm in the second team at Taunton Vale this week against uh, Glamorgan four day game um, and I spent the last, well I spent yesterday most of it bowling and fielding, I was on the field actually for the whole of the day because I batted overnight and I batted overnight for half an hour Wow um, How the, other play, the other kid got out and then I obviously oh. fielded and bowled and did a Three spells during the day. So good work. I um I was a tired, stiff boy last night because it was pretty Baltic and windy up at the Vale. Oh, yeah, um, That's... So I had to come back and have a half an hour long hot bath, which derailed our recording last night, didn't it?
0: It <laughs> was also not helped by the fact that I'm getting up at three a.m. So it was just like <laughs> complete nightmare. But um that, on that Red Inca, I mean Red Inca, and any runs, I mean you are a true batting all rounder. Um. I-
2: about 20-odd not out for uh, a in total for about an hour, I suppose. Um, just, yeah, it was a nice little net, mate, to be
1: honest. If anyone nice. watches the video on YouTube of Brooksy, um, just just make sure that that is not really Brooksy batting, that's Brooksy net batting. When he's out in the middle, it's a different character that walks to the crease. That is just, I reckon that was for the show. I've never, sh- in, in the nets, mate, I never give away my A game because you never know the opposition's watching
2: or
0: taking that. <laughs> like you're thinking. Love that. It's echoes of Jack Leach, your teammate, who said, "block, block, whack. Love it.
2: I'm more uh, whack, whack.
0: Miss. Whack, miss. <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic. Well, talking to someone who just whack, whack, whack is Liam Livingston, who is our guest on this week's podcast. And the IPL actually starts tomorrow. I mean, cricket all of a sudden has just appeared upon us. So, I mean, that's great. He's a great guest. Um, Chris, before we talk about Liam Livingston, um, tickets, talking of cricket beginning, talk about Barmy Army tickets, because, I mean, it's something that actually a lot of people will be wanting to get their mitts on with probably limited crowds this year.
1: Yes, I just wanted to give it a good mention because... It's looking like we are going to have um, full stadiums, hopefully after the 21st of June. We've heard nothing different. All the grounds are selling out the stadiums after that date. So we still have tickets available for the Trent Bridge Test Match, some for the Old Trafford Test Match. We have some tickets left um, for a few ODIs throughout the summer as well. And we just want to, and even some at Headingley as well. So we have got good ticket availability left at, at some Test Matches throughout the summer. We want to make sure we get as many people as possible there because... Look, we've all missed it. It's been nearly 18 months now. We want to get as many bums on seats as possible. And we've still got capacity to get people singing the Barmy Army songs in the stands. So if you just head to barmyarmy.com, you go to match tickets, you log in, they're available to first-class members. For now, we, we might put some on sale to club-class members, but the likelihood is they will all go to first-class members. So make sure you, you sign up on the website and you get tickets to come and be a part of the action next summer because, let's be honest, we all need to get to cricket this summer because... It's been far too long.
0: It has. Well said, well said. So definitely head to the Army Army website for that. Um, Brooksy, our guest this week is somebody you know fairly well. In fact, very well, because you spent a fair amount of time with him, um, as we do discuss, actually, in the podcast. Liam Livingston. And, I mean, are you surprised? I don't really want to ask you this in front of him, but are you surprised at kind of his rise? Because he was basically, a re- I mean, obviously a fantastic cricketer, but his, his rise has just been... Like, incredible, isn't it? Meteoric, basically. And he's, like, one of the most sought-after ball players in the world now. So it was great to have a chat with him. But, I mean, you know, knew, you knew him well before that. Great word, meteoric. I was about to say that myself, mate. So oh, yeah. Sorry, my I nicked it. <laughs>
1: um,
2: a little, to be honest, because that winter we played together, he had only played a little bit of first-team cricket. He was quite a new pro on the, on the circuit, really. So young, sort of wet beyond ears clearly an aggressive, talented player but um, didn't really know his game um, and I sort of came over and he was shoved down into the second team because he can only play one overseas player each grade side and he didn't really enjoy that as much I don't think but um, listen he came back that summer and, and smashed it in all forms um, so someone can do that quite early on in their career clearly got some talent but then you obviously just got to learn your game a bit as time goes on probably went missing for a, for a little while um, but he's clearly matured as he says in the pod really interesting to actually listen to his mindset over how it's changed and uh, how much more relaxed he is with his game and in, at the top level as well um and i think he's got a really bright fruit just especially in white ball cricket just because of his the way he plays with natural aggressive flair and no um no fear of failure really if you see how he finished off um one of those games in india um and he bowls a bit and he's a, he's an all right fielder as well and um he's got a massive year ahead of him as I said he's, he's in the IPL starting soon Yeah. Um,
0: and he'll give his reasons why he's there and it's a really interesting show yeah it is very good I'll tell you what enough from us go well Brooksy if we don't hear from you we'll probably have a catch up before you uh, play your first champo game but in the meantime let's get into it because the IPL starts and this man features in it it's Liam Livingston on the Shackles or Off podcast First of all, then Liam, uh, thanks for coming on. By the way, just um, want to hey, talk yeah. to you about about your Cumbrian Cumbrian sort of beginnings. How long were you in Cumbria for? Were you, were you there for a while before Lanc picked you up?
3: Yeah, I was in Cumbria for a while. Um, I obviously was born there. Played all my junior cricket for Cumbria, um, and then it got to a stage where um, Cumbrians sort of have a. You either go down the Durham Road or you go down the Lancashire Road. Um, and obviously the lads from North Cumbria sort of tend to go north and uh, South Cumbria tend to go to Lanx so um, I actually had I went up to Durham a few times at the same time as Lanx and then um, I ended up in the academy at Lanx they offered me a a spot there and um, yeah so I ended up there at what was that last year of school um, last couple of years of school so it was difficult at the time you didn't go to school, mate. I did go to school, <laughs> funny you <enough>. know, <laughs> it was college. It was college that was the problem. Oh, yeah, I had the college of college,
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. No <laughs> chance. Um, but yeah, last couple, uh, maybe last year of school, it was Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday in Manchester, and then the rest rest at home. So um, yeah, I spent most of my years in growing up in. In Cumbria, which was it was pretty cool actually. Uh, it's quite a quiet place, you can't really get yourself in too much trouble, so
0: cool place to grow up. That's handy, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Um, look, I will get this out of the way early because I reckon you must get asked about this pretty much every interview that you do. 350 off however many balls for Nantwich in that cup game. <laughs> I remember that Probably. quite. I, I mean, I, I mean, look, you must get asked about it all the time. I remember it really vividly because I've got a cousin who plays in the South Yorkshire League who'd scored about 330, who was really pissed off, actually, uh, that you'd kind of <laughs> beat, uh-huh. beaten his record. Everyone thought he was a jet <laughs> and you just sort of strolled straight past it. Um, I mean, what kind of situation were you in at Lanks at that time? Because you were in the seconds and stuff, I'm guessing, and you were in and around the setup and and clearly knocking on the door. Was that what kind of made them sit up and take notice because it was only sort of straight after that that then you started playing all the time and playing in the T20s and all that kind of stuff and later on that year you then were playing in the Big Bash so it was actually quite like a quick sort of thing wasn't it?
3: Uh, yeah I guess it was the sort of um, yeah it's like a, it was a little turning point for me um, it wasn't the strongest standard of cricket I'll tell you that for free um, <laughs> I actually tried to retire on 100 um and we weren't allowed. It wasn't in the rules, apparently, that you can't retire. So I tried to hit a few straight up and I think two or three got dropped. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just carry on. Here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it, it. was one of those things where um, you kind of look back and um, it was a, a little bit of a turning point for me. Um, I guess we had Jalo in charge at the time and um, I tried to you obviously try and work your way in, but we had a pretty strong squad back then. Um, So, and we had an unbelievable second team. We had, um, I guess if you look back then, we would, we would had lads scoring six, seven, eight hundreds a year in second team cricket who couldn't play first team cricket or couldn't get in. So um, it was definitely something that I reckon helped me get into, um, get into the, the T20 side in 2015 when I started, um, yeah, I reckon it was it was sort of it's something that gave me a little bit of a platform to launch from. And then um I did quite well in the T twenties before the T twenty started for the second team and then I got a chance to open the bat and it went horrendously. And then thankfully I dropped down the order a bit and could settle in a little bit and um yeah, we won it that year. So it was it was a bit of a weird year actually. Um you kind of feel as though professional cricket is so far away from you and you it's gonna be so hard and whatever. And then all of a sudden you've played a season of professional cricket and um yeah,
1: you kind of enjoy enjoy playing it and you're off and away. Who was in that changing room when you first walked in as a first team cricketer? Any any big big guns in there?
3: I had we had Princey at the time. He looked after the young boys pretty well. <laughs> um I don't think many people like playing against him. So um I remember <laughs> on my debut, um um, my one-day debut against Kent. Somebody said something. I can't even remember who it was. And I turned around, and Prince is walking down from the non-striker's end with his bot with his bat out. Um, he he looked after us young boys pretty well. And um, yeah, he I've did, seen him did, do he, that before in a Roses game, mate. Yeah, I was 12th man for that game, I think. Um, but yeah, he was he was the one that um. He was like the one that everybody looked up to. And we obviously had Crofty um, as uh, people that had been around. And I guess I'd supported Lance as a kid. So you kind of watch these lads growing up and then all of a sudden you're sort of in the in the dressing room with them and um, and playing with them. So it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed my first couple of years, actually. You, um, you kind of feel as though you're a, a bit out of your depth and you, you're playing with lads that you, you could have only dreamed of playing with two years ago. Um so, yeah, he was, I reckon Princey was the one that, um, yeah, he welcomed the young lads in and he made sure that we, um, yeah, we were well looked after. How big it? an
2: impact was your uh, your winter in Perth, mate, when we crossed paths? I was going to ask that. Hey. I was going to
0: say, was this before or after you I think lived this with was, Bruxy? I,
3: no, I think this <laughs> I think was 2014-15. I think it was. Because it was. I, was, I was the worst cricketer Australia have ever seen. I literally until Jack Brooks <laughs> until Is that what you're say? they had they, they were spoilt for choice between me and Brooksy who would play first grade you couldn't you couldn't have picked two worse cricketers at the time um, good blokes off the field though we offered a lot yeah, away from cricket we, to be fair we, we stayed with a a lad from the club and it was great fun I actually had a really good time um and I guess, I don't know, because I played horrendous cricket. I was horrendous in the winter and then did really well in the summer. So you don't, you have no, in fact, it wasn't, it was 2015, 16, because I remember. 2015, 16, yeah, because it was. Um, yeah, because I remember decade. getting my T20 bonus. And <laughs> like two, week, two weeks after I landed and I was like, perfect. This is going to be the best winter trip ever.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: <Brilliant>. <laughs>
3: Well, so I yeah, this. it was, and I wasn't very, I wasn't very good at all. I, didn't well, I, don't, I think you're
2: doing yourself a disservice there. I think it was more the fact it was, it was obviously great cricket. It's not easy, even if you're a decent, like experienced, yeah. especially as a batter. Like it's, it's yeah. different over there. And you were there for the whole winter as well, weren't you? So you're away from yeah. home. I know your missus was over for a little bit, but you were on your own yeah. quite a bit in a new environment, weren't you? I know you. Yeah, were, it was a bit strange. You're a bit up and down sometimes with form, and at one time, I think at one time you actually rang Gilo up and said, like, I want to come home, didn't you? But he talked you around yes. and made you stay out there. Basically, he said, like, you're in the sun. Why would you rather come yeah. back to the indoor school in Manchester? But you soon changed the tune. But, um, yeah, well, obviously, Arv- Willerton, the team that we both played for, to give everyone else a bit of insight, the team I'd played for for a few times before. So it was like my second home in a way. And, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to go over that winter to play, but I just wanted three months abroad just to do a bit of bowling and stay fit, basically. And Bondi, who we, um, who we live with is like one of my best mates over there. He had um, I think he was recently single at the time, and he had two spare rooms in his apartment that um he basically let us move in. We didn't share a room, obviously, me and Lynn. we had separate rooms, but um yeah, we just had a... well I was so, there for so three nice. months. All marks <laughs> was that too, or did you <laughs> just top and tail. Um yeah. lovely. But yeah, no, it was great. Like, obviously, I was there to Train Tuesday Thursday and play on the weekends. And Liam was part of the, the academy that was over there, weren't you? So you were training a bit more than I was, but um, yeah. we still got to good start. Obviously, I didn't really know of I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. Um, but you, when you live with someone and you've got similar interests and hobbies and stuff, you end up having a bit of bonding. We spent a lot of time together away from cricket, didn't we? And then yeah. got back down to uh, proper cricket and we got back, and some tasty roses games. But you just went. You say you had a bad winter, but obviously. Yeah, well, you were an absolute
1: flyer that summer, didn't you? Was it about yeah, that's what it just because with Brooksie was that why I it was think that's you? what it was. Yeah. I think it was just the winter with Jack Brooks spurred
3: me on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I always wonder whether like it was a really good thing for me to go away and whether I don't know whether you mature a little bit or whatever. But I came back and had I still look back now. So when I'm struggling or when I don't feel great or whatever, I look back to that summer of. 2016 was probably my best summer, and it was my first of playing first-class cricket one day as anti-twenties. Um, and it's probably the best I've played in my whole career, um, which is so strange because coming back from Perth, I I probably wasn't in a great place cricket-wise. Um, but you don't like, I guess you don't really see the effects that a winter away has. Like you don't really feel them until um, until you get home and. Yeah, I had a really good summer and it went from there. It was it was quite a good summer. So yeah, the uh, the winter with Jack Brooks has did me the world a good. What was those
0: uh, similar interests and hobbies that you referred to, Brooksy?
3: Uh morning gym, we had that one, didn't we? <laughs> the we afternoon had gym, run. we had
2: beach sessions, we had healthy food. Yeah, um, yeah. we had a good routine actually. It was actually a good fun because oh, like Bondy's a good pal of. He was my been a good pal of mine for a long time. I'm guessing that Livo still touched from good pals with him. Yeah. Um, but he looked after us well and we all just had like good fun as three young lads. And then Livo's missus was there for probably about three weeks at one point. So he went missing yeah. for a while because he had to do the right honorable thing. But yeah.
3: Um, nice. yeah, it was class. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Good fun.
0: I mean, how weird was it then? Like, was it the following winter you were back out there playing Big Bash?
3: uh no i think it was two winters later Two
0: winters. still uh, i mean that's 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 like quite a quick turnaround
3: yeah i always i remember um i remember when we lived at Bondi's. he his um house was right next to optus but optus hadn't been built that year so like all the framework was in so you could see the stadium getting built and they were like this is going to be the best stadium ever whatever um And then I think we went back the year after. We played the first game at the stadium with the Lions against the Scorchers as a warm-up for their Big Bash. And the stadium was phenomenal. Um, And I remember thinking to myself, it'd be pretty cool to come and play for Perth in the Big Bash. Um, And then, um, yeah, I had another good T20 that summer. And I um, I remember someone kind of mentioning it, that Perth were interested because... I think Katic was involved at Perth, who'd played at Lance when I was coming through. Um, and someone mentioned that I was like, right, that's it. I'm just going to try and get this gig. So um, I was on to and agent. I was like, a Perth interested. He was like, calm yourself down. I was like, no,
0: no. <laughs> Why would you calm yourself
3: down? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. And then obviously they showed an interest and I was... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably gone out there for free, to be honest. It was um, its such a cool competition, um, unbelievable stadium. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy Perth, actually. Like uh, Brooksy said, uh, we've got a couple of mates there that um, we play club cricket with and Bondy, Like, I went out for a few coffees and a few drinks with him um, every year I've been out there. So it's kind of... Um, now it seems to me like somewhere that's pretty familiar, so it's it's pretty cool to go back to somewhere that you already know. And we get put up in a decent area. Um, it was just a shame this year that it was in a in a bubble because I was with two good mates. I was with Jason and Joe Clark, so um, I imagine it would have been great fun if we were um, if we were let let free in Perth. But um, <laughs> I think thankfully we were um, yeah we were confined to hotels. Um, but no, it's it's a cool place. I I really enjoy going there, and hopefully I can
0: about go back
3: of, see what happens.
0: What about some of the, the franchise stuff? Because it's a bit of you, that isn't it? I mean, look, you know, I don't I don't know you, but I'm looking at watching you on the telly and stuff, and, and I think, oh my word, this this lad just loves a bit of franchise stuff. And you're laughing now. You clearly love it. You clearly love the franchise stuff.
3: Just chasing the cash—is that what you're chasing? No. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, that was not even on
0: my mind. Classic even... journalist.
1: Sorry I, about I, him, I,
0: Liam.
3: Was... I get that all the time. Don't worry. It um...
0: was not even that. I genuinely, I genuinely, <laughs> you, you, two, you can sod right off. I was meaning. I was meaning. on your BBC notes, mate. Sod right off. You know what? Fucking throw a. <laughs> 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 I mean it. You just love the fact that it's a full packed out stadium. And when yeah. the fireworks start going. You're like, you can see your your heart rate going. And you're thinking, right? I want a bit more of this. You don't want to leave, do you? You just want to stay, fucking no, it, it.
3: The franchise circuit at the moment is, um, I guess, the cool thing is you you get to go around to different countries, um, experience different cultures, play with different teammates, um, play under different coaches, um, and then I guess the. Like the different leagues, every league has its strengths, has its weaknesses, and um, all of them are they're pretty fun to, to play in. Australia's probably, um, I guess, do you know what's probably the best tournament I've played in was South Africa. Um, I got nice. Princey picked me up at Cape Town. Jeez, I owe him a lot, actually, Princey. Um, <laughs> he picked me up as his first pick at, at the Cape Town Blitz for six weeks in Cape Town. Um, oh, Cheers. That was terrible. Jesus, yeah. what a gig that is! Um, so I had I had six weeks there, and then I was straight onto the big bash for eight weeks in Perth. So I guess as winters go, I don't reckon you can beat that non-international cricket, obviously. Um, but yeah, I reckon franchise cricket-wise, South Africa straight onto straight onto Perth it was pretty cool. Flip flops, um, toothbrush—that's all you need, isn't it? Exactly. It was, it was so much fun. Um and to be fair, the South African competition was really good standard. Um and I guess they've all got the strengths and weaknesses standard wise. Um and they all do things really well. And I guess the Big Bash is probably the best example of that is how much they push their cricket over there and the time of the year that they play it. I guess we might see it this summer with a hundred off fingers crossed we will. I'm guessing people would just be happy to be able to go back and watch live sport. But um like we go, we'll go for breakfast. Um, Brooks, you'll know where it is down by the Royal, and there's um, there's like a nice waterfront area which is across the river from the from the stadium. And we'll go down for breakfast, have a walk around, and the whole every Scorchers game day, the whole sort of city, you can just
1: see orange. So um, good plug, yeah, for the Barmy Army HQ Royal on the waterfront. Um, is that front. what it is? Yeah, it's the Barmy Army <laughs> HQ. World class, isn't it? It used to be the Lucky yeah. Shag, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we had to change after there's a bit of trouble with um, the bouncers and some people they are a little bit heavy-handed with one <laughs> one time and it didn't end well. So we had to change that venue, but we once got a, a boat, we got like a loads of boats from the Royal to the Whacker uh, at the Ashes last series, and yeah, difficult place to spend your days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
3: unbelievable. So, I, like I said, it's great fun to. I guess that's what they do really well in Australia. They hype it up, yeah. um, and everywhere you go, it's great fun. Like I can believe the fa- um, having not played in front of a crowd, and then we had forty forty five thousand or something at the SCG for the final of the Big Bash. I honestly felt like a six year old child again, so excited. And um, so, yeah, I guess all around the world, there's different tournaments that we can play in at the moment. So. Um, I guess none better than where I'm at at the moment is the IPO. It's just a shame we can't get crowds. Um, but even you can see around uh, everywhere we go, people are just amazed by cricketers, which is, I guess it's pretty cool for us, but um, it just kind of shows the, the love that they have in this country for cricket.
1: What, what's it like to have so many teammates? Like you're playing so many different teams with so many different teammates. Like, And then you meet them on the international circuit as well. Is it a bit mad to keep up with who you've played with and who you haven't?
3: It is, and I reckon it was a good thing for me. Like I was quite fiery as a young kid. I was a bit, um, yeah, I was a bit hard work. I don't know why you're laughing, Brooksie. Um <laughs> But I reckon just playing with people, like you, kind of realise that there's not many bad blokes in cricket because I don't reckon you get away with it. Um, and I guess you play with so many people that, um, like, I'll go now. We who do we play first? Punjab. Um, they've got Jai Richardson. They've got. CJ who's there so there's two off the top Maler's there as well so there's three blokes that I've played a big bash with two of them I've just played an English England series with one of them like you almost you, you play with so many different people that um yeah I guess the kind of I don't know that the, the feeling of opposition being an enemy is is very different to um to how it used to be um I reckon a couple of years ago so it's pretty cool to be able to um yeah you have a beer off the pitch with with people that you never expected to I had a big run in I think people remember with Morris in my debut for uh, England in the t20s and now yeah. training with him and having a beer with him here so it's pretty cool it's um yeah it's it's the cool thing about um franchise cricket at the moment that you you meet so many different people you, you play with so many different people and I guess the biggest thing is you you have a beer off the pitch with with a uh, many people that you probably wouldn't have got the chance to 10 years
0: ago. That's cool. You referenced your debut there. You said um, before this India series to a few of the media lot, you weren't mature enough. That was one well, the headline, wasn't it? I wasn't mature enough. Um, wh- why was that? Was it just you weren't ready for it? Do you think you were, you know, uh, I don't know, we, we did it happen too quickly? Because obviously you'd done really, really well, like all over the world, franchise, in England, in the blast, and then you get picked up and everyone wanted you in the squad. What, do you, what did you mean when you said that? Because I couldn't really work that out.
3: I wasn't ready for it. Um, I'd changed... The biggest thing for me, um, I wasn't going into that series confident with my game. I'd changed my technique three weeks before the series, not expecting to be in it. Um, it was something about the short ball that I needed to... I thought I needed to change. Um so I'd played around with all this and my game was just nowhere. And I was kind of, um, I went into the environment and it was a bit, um, yeah, I probably didn't get involved as much as I could, but I was in a hotel room. Um, I spent most of my time in a hotel room around that time. Um, most of the lads were uh, were living in London, so they'd obviously just go home after training or whatever. And I spent a lot of time on my own. Probably too much, um, too much time to think about stuff. Um, and then when it all came around, I just—I I honestly don't remember much of my debut. Um, I don't remember much of the week. Um, and I just remember th- looking. I, so I still haven't watched any of that game back. And I guess the first time where I kind of feel as though I will now be able to watch it is after the other day when I played. Um, when I made my ODI debut that like the difference in feeling and and emotion was so much like literally pulls apart because you can't, I couldn't really compare them Um, and I guess like we were talking about with franchise cricket that you don't really I wouldn't have been able to get that without playing franchise cricket so my IPL debut was at Mumbai in front of 60,000 people, I've played in big bash finals now and And whatever the the experiences that you get, I played cricket um, when they went back to Pakistan for the first first time in however many years. And then all of a sudden that you've got 30,000 screaming fans at Karachi when you're playing for Karachi. Um, So I guess them experiences kind of, yeah, it almost just builds you up into it's just another game. And I was so relaxed. And I guess, do you know what? It was a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a relief that, I'd kind of got knocked down with my my um, my T20 debut, and I guess it probably affected me for a little bit longer than people think. Um, but to be able to come back and um, and sort of feel as though I belong there, um, I've felt really good in that environment for the last sort of six to eight months since the since the middle of the summer last year when I was involved. Um, and then to be able to come in and sort of, um, yeah, feel as though I wasn't I wasn't really nervous. I was just sort of enjoying the fact that I'd built my way back up to playing for England again. And it's obviously what you dream of as a kid. And when that sort of comes around and you don't take the opportunity, you sort of think, oh, I've fucked it up. There's no chance of me getting back in there or whatever. Um, so I guess the, the biggest thing for me was to sort of go full circle and come back around to um, to play in another game and, and almost, yeah, doing... Uh, I was pretty happy with way, the way it went. so um, You should
2: be. Yeah. You, you... It's interesting you say how relaxed you were because I remember your T20 debut and obviously you'd only been around the circuit for a couple of years. So everything happened really quickly, hadn't it? And for someone that obviously yeah. knew you reasonably well at that point and I could tell from watching, it looked like you might be nervous. I'm not saying you had the weighty world in your shoulders, but... You you weren't your fluent best when you batted him. Did you drop a catch as well?
3: Yeah, I dropped a catch, which didn't help. That just yeah, added, so you could just tell I after that, that it you looked like
2: Am I out of my depth a little bit here, or was it just lot, you just felt for you really, really a lot? Because you know, in professional cricket you drop a catch, you like you pissed off or you're frustrated, but you shouldn't get over it. But in an international game when you
3: debut, just not what you need, is it? But no, nah, it was I'm it was literally mm-hmm. it was a, if, like I was batting at six, I think and morgues came up to me and was like I, th- I i actually can't even remember what he said and he uh, he was like you're going in next and i was like oh, all right um <laughs> and actually the other day joss was joss came up to me and he was like um when johnny and Stokesy were going um he was like you going next oh it was when we lost the first um one of them got Stokes. He got out 99. We I went down to get my pads on, and Josh came up to me, and he was like, "You go in next?" And I was like, "Oh no, here we go again." <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same as first time round. But um, to be fair, I wasn't even ready before Josh. Before we lost the next wicket, so Josh had to go in, yeah. which gave me three balls to sit on the bench. Anyways, so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was yeah, it was totally different second time round, and I guess the. It's the reason why we go and spend eight weeks spending most of your time on your own, sat in a hotel room or whatever. Um, yeah. It is great fun, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy travelling around and, um, and playing cricket in all these different parts of the world, but there's, there's also times where it can get a little bit tough. Um, you spend a lot of time away from family. Um, you don't get to spend, if you play the Big Bash, you don't get to spend Christmas and New Year at home. And I guess they're the sort of things that um, we're very privileged we get to do it. We get to, especially over the last year where people have been struggling, we've been able to travel around and still play. But um, yeah, I guess they're the sacrifices that we've got to make to make sure that when the second opportunity came around that, um, that yeah, you're a little bit more ready and you're not a bit... Um, like You
2: were a lot more relaxed, headlight. a lot more true to yourself when you ran down and botched what's the name over his head for six over, over mid on when... You probably just, you could have knocked it around, but obviously, the England method, the way that Morgan preaches, you play is your natural game. Like you end up yeah. getting 20, 30 quickly, not out, and you can walk off with a stump and go, I was, I was true to myself, though, and it worked.
3: Exactly. And people probably won't see it from the outside that the environment that Morgs has created is, um, it's probably like nothing else. you've I've certainly never been involved in. Um, the way that he just allows players to go out and express themselves and perform and um, it's you've got to have the talent to be able to do it we've obviously got a very um, a very strong white ball squad at the moment um, there's probably a lot of players that aren't in the squad that that could come in and, and play international cricket so um yeah, I guess the way that he's created the environment where everybody feels as though they can just relax and be themselves, and you can do what you do, and whatever you do that's got you here, that works. Um, they encourage, they encourage you to go and do it, and to show off, and to, um, yeah, the biggest thing is all about taking the game on, which is it's a pretty cool environment, especially someone like me who. Um, who likes to sort of take the positive option and, and take a few risks and stuff. It's it's so um, yeah, I guess it's so exciting to be a part of it because you um, you're just encouraged to to go out and do it. And there's no what will you do in here if 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 it goes wrong or whatever. Um, you've obviously got games of cricket to win for England, but um, yeah, the the way that the boys play and the way that I guess the way that the environment is built is um
0: yeah, it's actually pretty cool. You know, you've obviously had a go at being the standing captain at Lanx, And um, you know, it was that was four years ago when you were do when you were acting as a standing captain and obviously you've been skipper and stuff since. Um what was it like? I've obviously been with more because you've just sung his praises about the environment he's created. But I mean what kind of level are we talking now? If you if you ever, I don't know if you harbor any kind of ambition at all to kind of skip her at England or a, or a franchise, you know, full time or whatever, I've got no idea. But what kind of stuff have you learned? Because obviously, you've had a goat skipper and you were what 23 24 at the time. I mean, then you're round with what a lot of the lads we speak to on this podcast say is technically the goat of captaincy. They say that Morgs is like the best captain that they've ever played under in any form of cricket anywhere in the world. So what does he do differently? What What is it that makes him such a brilliant captain?
3: I reckon he just... almost. Yeah, I actually watched the World Cup final the other day. I was bored in my room watching TV and it came on. And I was like, oh, I'll just sit and watch. And even the the super-elver, he just has the same expression that you would see on a Sunday afternoon down... Um, like playing cricket in a party, he, he just doesn't ever seem to look like he's flustered. He's um, and his decision making—he's so cool. Like, he, there's a couple of times, um, even in like warm-up games in South Africa, where I got whacked by Sam Curran one game. He would—he came up to me and I was like, I have no idea what to do. And he was like, It's fine, don't worry, do this, do that, do that. And you're like, Oh, such a calming influence that um. Yeah, I guess everybody that you speak to raves about him um, and I can now, like I'd never really been around apart from that week and I guess being around that week was pretty tough for me anyway so um, I'd never really been around him that much um, but I guess the for what he's done from English cricket from when, um, was it the 2015 or 2016 World Cup to now is pretty phenomenal and now sort of being a part of it or at least having been a part of it for a couple of months. Um yeah, like I said, it's such a cool environment he creates and everyone's really good mates as well. That's the good thing. Everyone everyone takes the nick out of each other. It's such a ruthless environment that it's actually so much fun. And then all of a sudden you get on the pitch and it's um it's the sort of it's a sort of team that you'd want to be you'd want to be going into battle with the um yeah, it feels as though that Everyone's pretty pretty loyal to to each other and um, yeah, you you'd want most of them on your side in a in a scrap or tell you that.
1: With yeah. Muggs, does it like almost give you the confidence to be quite bullish about winning the T twenty World Cup in India than in Australia because it fills you with that much confidence?
3: Absolutely. I think the talent that we've got in the squads at the moment is um, the talent wise, we're as good as there is in the world, I reckon. Um, and I guess it's it's, we've got a great opportunity now. We've got 12, 13 boys playing in the IPL and um, the World Cups, obviously in India. Um, so I guess the biggest part that we, we sort of talked about um, in the series just gone was, was more so trying to learn and trying to happy to make mistakes as long as we learn from them and um, making sure that we, um, yeah, the, the mistakes that we were making that, we, we work on them for the next couple of months while we're out here and, um, and then the, the months before the, the World Cup, before they the head to Bangladesh or wherever it is. Um, I guess it's the, that's the biggest thing that or the, the biggest plus that we've had is we've got five games against probably one of the best teams in the world um, that we've played. We've played three one-dayers as well on pretty different pitches. Um, Ahmedabad was very different to Pune um so I guess just getting that experience we're going to get a lot more of it over the next couple of weeks in the IPL hopefully as many English lads can play as many games as possible and then I guess come um come the time to fly out here for the World Cup I reckon um the experience of the last couple of months and the next couple of months will will stand us in really good stead for for hopefully um a good shot of winning the T20 World Cup.
0: it's a big year in it big year 100 and awesome. stuff over here as well and obviously the ashes for the red Bull and all that is that something you've thought about red Bull? i'm not saying particularly the ashes but maybe red Bull stuff is that on your I mind played
3: red Bull cricket for a while actually um <laughs> no like i said i give up the ipr last year i was going to come back to Rajasthan. i give it up to try and play red Bull cricket um i want to play test cricket absolutely um I went on a test tour to New Zealand and um, and I only played one game, did really well in that. Um, so I do feel like I've got the game to play. I just need to be a little bit more consistent in my Red Bull game. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I want to play test cricket. I want to play one-day cricket. I want to play T20 cricket for England. Um, but I guess the difficulty for us at the moment is we can't go and play eight rounds of championship cricket whilst playing in the IPL. Yeah. Um, we've got a and that's the biggest thing. I had a real long chat with my agent about um, about what to do and whether to go into the auction and um, what was the right decision. And at the end of the day, there is no right decision. I could have said no to the IPL, gone home, played eight championship games, scored 600s and all of a sudden you're, you're right knocking on the door for, for test cricket. But then you could give the IPL up. It can be so difficult in April and May and against a red ball. And then all of a sudden you feel like you've wasted an opportunity to come here. I may come here and not play much cricket. And then you feel like you've missed out on the opportunity to play red ball cricket back home. So at the end of the day, the the biggest thing that I take from it is there's actually no right or wrong answer. Um, I guess the opportunity to be able to learn and experience these conditions with, um, with a World Cup coming up and hopefully push my case to, to try and be involved in that World Cup, um, was a massive part of the reason that um, that I went in the auction and hoped that I got picked up to, to come and play in the IPL. Quality, so good. How are, you, how are your leggings looking, mate? Do you know what? I actually I bowled so much over the last year because I haven't, I've spent a lot of the summer in the bubble not playing and, um, and I guess the one thing I took out of last summer was um, I didn't play much cricket, but I bowled so many overs at world-class players in the nets that um, that I actually feel as though I've taken my that side of my game to a whole new level. That um, like <laughs> when we were in Australia, if you told me I would bowl in international cricket, I'd have laughed in your face. Um, but like um around an England squad where they're encouraging me to, um, to bowl and as a real option as an all rounder, which is pretty cool for me. I really enjoy bowling. I enjoy the challenge of not quite being as good at it as where I am with a bat. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to learn off. Um, I've spent a lot of time with Mo and Rash. They're great fun to work with in the, in the England environment. And I was bowling last night here, um, and i think we've got about 38,000 spinners in this squad. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. We've um i think we've got we've got four or five leg spinners. We've got a couple of lads that flick them out both ways. Um we don't have any finger spinners, they're not you don't get anywhere being a finger spinner over here. Uh, <laughs> they're, fa- just... they're far too clever to be able to flick them out. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I've faced some of the boys in our. One of the lads, Casey Carriapa, oh my goodness, he bowls about seven different balls. I have no idea which way it's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly <laughs> <a> phenomenal. <laughs> the, just do what you normally valid. do,
2: mate. Just close your eyes yeah, and swing out.
3: The problem is the pitches aren't quite good enough to do that, so... <laughs> um, hopefully in the game the pitches will be a bit better and you can swing through the line but phew, honestly the um, the young Indian spinners are, they're a pretty special talent so um, it'll be pretty cool to to spend a bit of time around them and um, our main leg spinner actually goes, my, he messages me all the time whenever he sees me bowling off spin. He's like, What are you doing? You've got so <laughs> much talent of being a leg spinner. Why are you bowling off spin? I'm like, Well, I can spin the ball. He goes, Yeah, you can do that with a Googling. And I'm like, All right, sorry, Shreyas. <laughs> he goes nuts at me all the time. So it's pretty cool to be able to come in and, and work with these guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a good environment here as well. We've, um, I've been here before, so um, it's great fun. It's so relaxed. We can, we have some good fun, and um, we also learn a lot of cricket wars along the way, so it's pretty cool.
2: I I, for you what it's it. worth, mate, stick with your leg spin because your office didn't get me out four years ago.
3: You got 100, didn't you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: that's two podcasts uh, in a row, Livy. Uh, two podcasts in a row. We had Dane on about I it.
3: About that. Oh, you know.
0: Every How podcast,
1: did you get
3: 100? 100?
0: Pod- <laughs> you know what? I genuinely <laughs> like Livy Bold.
2: Bowled a couple of overs at me that game. And um, he bowled the last over of the the night. So I was 90-odd overnight. And he bowled the last over. (laughs) I'd already hit him for a six. I'd already hit him for a six, like an over or two before. But every ball, he was in my ear, like, trying to say, like, have a dip, get it tonight, have a dip, (laughs) get it tonight. And it just made me more determined not to get out. So I was like, I'm blocking everything. I don't care if I'm 90-odd now. I'm not getting out to this clown.
0: (laughs) Amazing. (laughs)
3: I'd
0: forgotten about that. Oh, days, we, we really
1: hadn't
3: really reminded about it. me of it. Oh. Honestly,
0: we had not forgotten about it because we had Dane on the
1: podcast. I reckon you team up, don't you, Brooksy? Oh. you you drop him a little message beforehand. Just just give me a shout out for my son. I just want to remind all the listeners, I'm still every single guest. there's absolutely no way that I would be really even humble.
0: It's every single guest, Liam. I'm not even kidding, <laughs> mate. Is every guest we get on. We ended up talking about it for about five minutes with Jimmy Anderson, for God's sake, you know? He played in that game as well, but he Yeah, I know. I know he did, and that's why we ended up talking about it. Oh, yeah,
3: that's how you got 100. We had two bowlers. (laughs) (laughs) Two plus me, so two bowlers.
2: It doesn't matter,
1: mate. It doesn't matter. I've got one. That's all I wanted. I love it. Absolutely love it. Before we lose you, Liam, I just want to ask you about your squad number. Are you um, number seven? Is that David Beckham related? No, it's not. Oh, that's um, Cristiano Ronaldo? It's not, no. Uh, it's such a strange thing, right? I reckon squad
3: numbers is your, your younger days in football. Um, yeah. So I was always number 10 football-wise. Um, and I remember when I first signed my professional contract, I couldn't care less about anything else. I just wanted to know what my squad number was. <laughs> and... Um, we had Kegsy, who was number 10, so that was out the window. Um, and then, what was... Tw- uh, we had 23. I can't remember who was 23. Keedy, I think.
0: There's got to be a Beckham theme here. Seven twenty three. 23. Yeah. I know you've got a Bulls no. cap on. Is that, was that MJ, was it?
1: MJ. <laughs> no, it's not. Shane Ward. I, honestly. Come whoa. on. Come whoa. on. Give us something. I
3: promise you. So... I was always number 10. I was centre forward playing football when I was growing up. I always wanted number 10. I wanted number 10 as my squad number. Six and seven were available and it was Butler and Livingston were the two new signings when I signed. So he got six, I got seven. And then from then on, seven's kind of, I don't know, it's grown on me a little bit. Um, and all, I like everywhere I go now, it's like my, my three numbers are 7, 27, 23. Um, and then my England number, I started with 87. Then I didn't, uh, that was my Lions number. Then when I played, um, I wanted to change it and uh, there wasn't that many available because I think if you don't play, but you keep your number three years or whatever it is. Um, so when I played, I had 27. And then Rory Burns came, he went to 27. And then I just randomly got given 23. So then 20, now I've got 23 for England, which is actually a pretty cool number because Great I number. do. I've I, I idolized Shane Warren growing up. And now Beckham was seven and 23. So, yeah. We, yeah. It is it, it, Beckham, Beckham. They're, they're Beckham, definitely Beckham, the two Warren. numbers that are one.
1: Players Beckham, like, War. Sure.
0: Yeah. And, do uh, you know what?
3: I actually thought about it the other day that maybe try and get 23 at length, but seven's been so good to me that I just I don't think I can change it.
1: And it means you can take a mean free kick, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Play on the right wing with seven.
3: 23's, you're not even in the squad, so. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's actually cool how, like, the the um, every time you go to a new franchise, you just hope that your number's available because, like, say I went to the Scorchers, Klinger was seven uh, a year before so he'd retired and I was like are they gonna let me have seven because Klinger was obviously a legend for them so it's mad how the that your squad number just plays on you in your head a little bit that you always want to keep the same number wherever have you, you got go a
2: collection of different shirts with uh, the
3: same number on them do you know what my dad is I'm um... He collects all my shirts and my caps and I he's he's such a pain with it. He's like, Make sure you bring me my cap and make sure you bring me my shirt. And I'm like, I will oh. dad, chill out. But I'm sure in <laughs> five, ten years time when I finish that um to have all my shirts will be pretty cool. Um I've just moved into a new house, so I'm gonna get um a couple frames from like my T twenty debut, my ODI debut lengths when we won the 2015 and just have them in a in a lads' room somewhere in the house. So. Um,
1: does, does your dad know he's got to give you the cap and shirts back? Cause he might be thinking when, he's keeping them. mate. I don't. I don't think he's going to give me them back. To be honest. Um, <laughs> mum goes nuts because half their
3: wardrobe is taken up with my shirts. <laughs> but he's got shirts since I was thirteen. He's got my under thirteens Cumbria cricket shirts. He's got my Cumbria cricket jacket. Ugh. He's got everything. Honestly, oh, he's got cool. two two like cases. Um, brilliant coat hangers of all my shirts. He's got, yeah, it's mad. That's good awesome. well, I hope it mate, is cool.
0: Yeah, I do I hope that. that you get a test shirt up there as well because I think that'd be really cool. Um, it so would.
3: hopefully, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We'll, um, yeah, like I said, I, I do enjoy playing red ball cricket, so hopefully, I get a chance to, to try and put in some consistent performances and a, push my way. A in. little
0: Livingston 23. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? On a yeah. nice white England shirt <laughs> with, a, with a test number, cool test yeah. number. Um, Liam, thanks so much, mate. It's probably quite late where you are. Um, so we'll let you crack on. There's but no th- such
3: thing as late in the IPL. We swap our days around, <laughs> we don't wake up till 2 3 pm.
0: <laughs> um, are you a fan of the PlayStation, by the way? Because, we, me, and you, me look, me and Chris were talking about this the other day, right? And this is unpopular, probably for the listeners of our podcast as well. But we think it's just nonsense, don't we, Chris? We were like, yeah. get it. we had Joff on something else that we did. And he was on about, oh, yeah, and talking about it. And it, we talked about, we asked him about cricket, World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Up when we got into the Xbox. Oh, X- <laughs> Xbox, because we were doing some listeners' questions, weren't we? We get some yeah. listeners, because so we go, oh, yeah, we've got this so-and-so on Twitter asks this. And he's like, oh, right. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, right. And he starts talking about it. He picked up. have
3: no idea what Call of Duty cool. done. Honestly, Quality. I was never a gamer, ever. I couldn't think of anything worse. And then I went, when I went into the England bubble, everyone was on Cod. And they were like, get on it, get on it. I was like, nah, 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 nah. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't play it. I'll play a couple of games of FIFA against the lads. And then I played like a couple of days. Because you didn't have a choice because everyone socializes on it and no one leaves the room. So yeah. you either That's socialize crap, with them on it. And then at the start, no one wanted to play with me because I was horrendous. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do here? So I spent so much time trying to be good at it. Um, and now, like, if you can see here, let me show you.
0: Oh, no. Have you got a setup? Have you got a decent setup
2: going?
3: Oh, have you got That's one a- of those little
2: cases? Yeah, because Craig Oven got one of those recently
3: so the poga setup, like that's a playstation and gaming monitor wow. in my um in the same thing that everyone goes mad because i play it on my bed but it's pretty comfy that i just lie there and play call of duty like i'll be on with stokes now what time is it 20 past one we'll have a couple of hours and then <laughs> <laughs> no amazing. way yeah it's it's what's changing i Everything's at night. So like the lads train I had a day off today, but the lads trained at seven till ten at oh. night. So everything's at night. So there's actually no point in waking up at nine, ten, eleven o'clock because yeah. everything nothing starts for six, seven hours. So um, I'll be
1: for
0: another hour then, shall we? All right, I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah. He wants to get, on, he wants to get on cod with Stokesy. I've, Two Cumbrian is Can't believe it. Gonna go
3: and kill some twelve-year-olds. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: gonna be some twelve-year-olds in America, mate. Have a good one. You can't
3: beat it, honestly. Deathcon.
1: Can't beat
2: it.
1: How good the was, um,
2: how good was Stokesy's interview when he had to get those cod phrases
3: in? Hilarious, yeah, but that is correct. right up Stoke. He loved Stokes, he'll have loved that because he know the lads will have loved it, so he'd have been, yeah, 100%. I'll get it in. He's another one. He's an I, who'd have thought Ben Stokes would sit in his room all night on a laptop playing Call of Duty <laughs> carnage, but he's on it all the time. Everyone is, but I actually say I reckon it saved so many people's mental health, yeah, that the, yeah, the yeah, social yeah. side cool of point. it is like things can get pretty tough, like, um what else are you meant we're stuck in this hotel so today like um you eat your food in your room um so you've got three meals a day in your room um you can go to the gym like i went to the gym for an hour before went in the pool so there's an hour and a half say what are you meant to do for the rest of your day
1: what what do you do with the day off can you not do anything no Uh, you can't leave we can't leave the hotel
0: is there, a, wow. is there a pool and stuff you can go on? Yeah, so we've so right. we've got a
3: we've got a pool, we've got a good gym, um, we've got a team room with a big screen and like table tennis tables and stuff. But like, it's great fun for ten minutes. But yeah, you know that sort of yeah. stuff that just yeah. gets boring. Um, whereas Call of Duty, poof, I've, I think I've spent thirty nine days on the game, <laughs> and it's still not got boring. Oh, that's I only in, that's only in seven months.
1: It'll there must be a lot months. of
3: twelve year olds. A yeah. lot of twelve year olds. <laughs> I'll tell you what else, there's a lot of fifty year olds as well that are playing, is that, it playing is it. that? It's yeah. taken
0: over. And there's a lot of there's a lot of franchise cricketers playing on it as well, by the You know bit... what?
3: It's sportsmen.
0: Yeah, I can I imagine played, um,
3: yeah. one of my mates from back home is friends with Dean Henderson. He played um he played with me the other night. We were playing and he joined us. And he was saying the United lads love it. He was saying they keeps them out of trouble as well, doesn't training. it? But it's just, it, it's like you switch off from cricket or whatever. Yeah. So whenever yeah. you're in like a series, you've lost a game, you get home, who cares? Like you, you you want to forget about it. You don't want to think about what's gone wrong or whatever. And you, that's yeah. the best way to do it. Everyone takes a mick out of each other. As soon as we get on the bus to go to the game in the morning after, everyone's like, oh, what about this when you did this last night? Or what about that? Everyone can like screenshot the videos. Um, <laughs> so like everyone's got good funny recordings of people doing stupid stuff so it's so good it's great like social we say that it's taken over from football because yeah. football used to be the big talking point in the morning everyone yeah. would look forward to football and then you'd have half an hour and everyone would be like oh you're horrendous you're horrendous yeah so it's it's definitely taken over the sporting world i reckon whilst covid's been around but i'll tell you one thing good. i'm pretty happy i'm pretty excited to put that away when i get home and not playing it for a bit yeah. and, hopefully get back out and have a pint in yeah, the, the real world. You can yeah. get back down to Ewood Park, mate. Do these
2: you boys know that Um, was a big Blackburn fan?
0: I didn't know that. Oh. You've
2: got a but Wednesday I'm... fan and a Sheffield United fan over here as well. Yeah, we, we are don't...
3: struggling. We lost boys. again today. I just watched us before.
2: Bad. We are struggling. Yeah. Might be coming to join Oxford in League One, mate. You and Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and United. Yeah. We'll be we're already there, two. mate. We, we're sat in League One now. We just had a bit of a blip tonight. Chef, are you boys work? I've seen you a 3-0 up after 30 minutes. You won 5-0. One five-nil. It's
3: mental. <laughs> That's the championship, oh. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah. The championship's the yeah. strangest league. That's well, why it's so hard out of unbelievable. We've That's got why, five uh, managers this year, and our latest ones now got COVID underlying health condition. Might well be the end. Who knows? Jesus. Oh my Horrible. god. Didn't What's they? going on? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, can we, <laughs> Greg, can we cut that out, mate? I've just, called, I've just killed Darren Moore. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you just killed him off. Fuck's sake. I'll edit that out. Um, I'll,
0: I'll um, we'll end the podcast there, shall we? Uh, Liam, thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate you. you coming on, and uh, good luck with the IPL. See you back in the UK in June, probably.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay, nice. appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, pal. See you
0: like Love Love that? twelve-year-old. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>